This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast of acronyms. Follow along if you can. Today, we're going to talk to a PhD from MHEC about FAFSA, GOCAPS, and probably a few others. And for those that don't have a teenager considering college, that translates to Dr. Sanjay Rai, who is Governor Moore's pick as Secretary of Higher Education Commission for the state of Maryland. And we're going to talk about college in Maryland and address the free application for federal student aid or FAFSA. How are you today, Dr. Rai? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I know you've been busy down at the state house and uh, got all sorts of crazy things going on because we're in session. So I do appreciate the time you took out of your day to talk to us. I mean, we know that education is so important, and this is such a key initiative for Governor Moore and his administration. And no matter how you really track your life, college is in that track for many. And with Dr. Ra, you are the acting secretary of Maryland Higher Education Commission. We do need to get the Senate off the stick on that one. But you have a lot of money to help Marylanders complete whatever track their continuing education takes them on, right? Yeah, so I think uh, Maryland has uh, significant resources to support our students uh, for post-secondary education, whether they are degree programs, workforce programs. uh, uh, We have a variety of ways of helping our students gain skills. In an economy, a wonderful economy that exists in Maryland, uh, so that every resident of Maryland has access to family-sustaining uh, jobs that exist here in Maryland. We are most so fortunate to have uh, these opportunities here. Well, I can't emphasize enough to anybody as to the amount of resources that your team has put together at the website, and that's mhec.maryland.gov. And everybody that has a student that, or even an adult that may have started college and stopped, go check that out because there are so many resources that are there. Let's talk a little bit higher there. MHEC, which is the Maryland Higher Education Commission, what is the role within the state education system of MHEC that you're leading? We are uh, basically a regulating agency for entire higher education uh, in the state of Maryland. Uh, that covers our wonderful community colleges. Then uh, certainly our USM system, Morgan State University, Mary's University. Then uh, all private uh, independent institutions, uh, about 22 private institutions, and also about 140 private career uh, schools. And eight our regional higher education centers Uh, bringing educational programs to Maryland residents across the state. As you mentioned, there is no reason that anyone in the state should be scared from continuing their education post-secondary with the resources that you have. And I think the number that I had heard was that typically MHEC distributes about $130 million a year. And with 63,600 high school students are projected to graduate this year, uh, you do the math. I mean, that's like $2,000 per student, which is pretty huge. The key, I guess, is to get on the site and see what's available and apply for it um, because the feds have changed up the FAFSA application for 2024. And Maryland is trying to make it a little bit easier, I understand. Yes. So as you know, federal uh, financial aid system, FAFSA, uh, is changing. And uh, there are some some glitches in the new system that uh, even though our colleagues in the federal government are working, uh, you know, round the class clock 
to fix those those glitches. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, with the new uh, FAFSA system, more students in Maryland will qualify for for, for uh, federal financial aid. So that's the good news, right? So more Pell grants are available, and as you mentioned, 130 million dollars from the state of Maryland, especially for low-income students in guaranteed access program or educational assistance program, that's available. So it's not that just that these these funds are available, and they are very important because financial barriers is is one of the top barrier from uh, that keeps students away uh, from seeking uh, post-secondary opportunities, right? So what we are trying to do, having these financial resources available, but also the journey that students take to get to these resources, application process and, and other things that are involved, we are trying to make this not only easy, but an enjoyable experience for our students. So. Uh, among other things, information sharing, town halls, all those things, uh, we have uh, launched what we call one app, one application. You go to one place, apply for all different scholarships. So we just launched this uh, just a couple of days ago. We are very, very excited about it. So of all the different scholarships and awards that you've got through MHEC, and again, that approximate $130 million a year, that all can be accessed through a single app now? Yes. That's fantastic. Very easy application process, very easy to fill. We are very fortunate to have that support that uh, our General Assembly and, and Governor are uh, very, very much interested in providing access to higher education. Uh, we are very fortunate to be here in the state of Berlin where we have these resources available. Well, I hear that Governor Moore, I mean, I, I think, I don't know that it's an official policy, but I had heard him say one time that he wants to really focus on uh, feds, eds, and meds, because we've got great medical schools and great medical careers here in Maryland. You've got, you know, obviously a fe the federal government is a great workforce and higher education. So, as, uh, you know, we have in the state of Maryland great federal assets, right? So certainly we have an opportunity to take more advantage and MED certainly we are, you know, one of the leading states in the nation in research and, and life sciences and, and biotech companies like AstraZeneca, GlaxoSmithKline and others, right? So it's tremendous, you know, NIH and others, tremendous opportunity to, to provide uh, access to good paying jobs uh, to this, to to uh, the residents of our state, but these jobs do require some post-secondary uh, training, not necessarily a degree, right? There are a lot of short-term training that can put the students to pathways to these wonderful careers and wonderful jobs. As you are leading MHEC, moving forward into 24, 25, and beyond, what's your vision? What are your goals for MHEC? As you, you know, what do you hope to see when your time comes to an end? at MHEC that you want to leave behind? Yeah, I have lots of, lots of bold and uh, plans, uh, but I think, you know, supporting uh, our governor is visionary and focused on equity and, and access and, and economic competitiveness. Uh, you know, we are all working towards the same, same goal, uh, same vision, but, uh, you know, uh, we are focused on uh, addressing the achievement gap we are focused on creating homegrown talent. 
so that uh, whether there are teaching jobs that are available, nursing jobs that are available, cybersecurity, IT, quantum mechanics, AI, we are making sure that that uh, uh, we are providing uh, you know cutting edge programs uh, to students from short term training, uh, non credit programs, few weeks programs, two weeks program, four weeks programs to you know associate degree, undergraduate degree, graduate and, and doctoral uh, degree. So, you know, giving his residents opportunities and access to these programs, creating these credentials of economic value uh, that is top on, on our priority. But we also have pretty serious uh, focus on research and innovation. Uh, there are certain industries like cybersecurity, AI, compute, computing, uh, life sciences, uh, where we want to be the leading uh, in the state, we want to create new products, new knowledge, uh, and drive the economy in those those areas, uh, so that we are creating more startups, um, we are creating more patents, and and we are you know growing our own existing companies, and then hopefully uh, through higher education, attracting talent and attracting businesses, um, and you know. Maryland should be the destination for higher education, right? Uh, whether it's students from the state of Maryland or students from other states or students from around the world where they are thinking of high quality, affordable education, especially in the emerging areas of economy, quantum computing, AI or others, they think of Maryland first. No argument from me there, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you, before I let you go and... I've looked in a little bit into your background, and I don't think Governor Moore could have appointed a stronger candidate to lead Maryland higher education, okay? And you could have turned the governor down. What attracted you to lead Maryland higher education that made you go up to the 10th floor up in Baltimore? Well, let me first uh, tell you that there are lots of outstanding individuals Um who could do this job uh, perhaps as good as me and or probably better. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I have spent, uh, you know, three decades in higher education uh, from, uh, you know, Texas A&M system uh, to private liberal art uh, institution and also, uh, you, you know, community college system. I have seen the higher education from, from different points of view. Uh, you know, Governor Moore, if you meet him once, you want to work for him. And it's not only me. I know there are people around the country who wanted to be part of this, his vision. They all wanted to be part of this administration. And I'm very, very fortunate that I have this, this opportunity. I want to thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Rai, and thank you for all that you're doing for the students of Maryland. I know that we briefly touched on FAFSA, and what I think now, I think is probably, I'm going to go connect with Al Dorsett, who's downstairs sure. from you, and uh, dig a little bit deeper, get the some of the nuts and bolts, I guess, Phil, of FAFSA, because it's all changing, and certainly with the, um, the Maryland One app, it'll be a uh, much easier process as we uh, move forward into secondary education. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and thank you for your time, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you. Fantastic. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
All right, well, I'll tell you, now that Dr. Rye has sort of explained how Maryland uh, has this huge bucket of money for Marylanders to go to school or to continue their education, Al Dorset was the director for the Office of Student Financial Assistance, and you are kind of like the man that makes all of that money flow, I'm guessing. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Instead of the man of the money, uh, or the man with the money, the man that makes the money flow, I like that better. Well. Anybody that has a teenager in high school right now uh, that is considering going on to college or higher education knows FAFSA. Yeah. Uh, that's been a big word that's been in the news lately because the federal government has got a new form and they've delayed it and everything else. But in addition to that, Maryland, as we learned, has just a ton of money and a ton of opportunities for Marylanders to help, you know, help pay for their, their education because right. it's not getting any cheaper. Right. Right. It's definitely not giving any cheap. But, no, so, on the nuts and bolts, I guess the basic, what is FAFSA? So, FAFSA is the free application for federal student aid. That's the federal government's application uh, for students to apply for assistance through them. Based off the FAFSA, federal government determines um, how much a student and their family can contribute to their education. So that's why it used to be EFC, Expected Family Contribution. However, even though it's a contribution, it, it's a little bit different. So that's why they changed it. So the federal government has recently changed it with the whole FAFSA uh, change to SAI, Student Aid Index. Uh, based off that Student Aid Index, it determines if a student's eligible for a federal grant, which is the Pell Grant, uh, and then what type of federal loans that the student may be eligible for, whether it's the subsidized Stafford loan or the unsubsidized Stafford loan. So the subsidized Stafford loan is a more need-based loan, no interest on it while the student's in school. The unsubsidized Stafford loan has interest accumulating on it while the student is in school. Okay, and I mean, we hear all these stories about people that are, hey, I'm 63 and I just paid off that college loan right. type of a thing. And that's really where MHEC comes in to a large degree to sort of, I'll say, bridge that gap or ease that ability. Maybe, maybe you can pay it off at 45. Right, <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, definitely, you know, when, I, when, when we talk about financial aid, I tell individuals financial aid is not just where's the money, give me the money. Financial aid is really understanding how it works and what are my choices. Uh, so when you look at MHEC, uh, Maryland Higher Education Commission, and state aid as a resource, a resource is based off what choices you make. If I'm a Maryland resident and I go to school in Maryland, then I may have a lot of choices outside of just the federal government resources. However, if I'm a Maryland resident and I choose to leave the state of Maryland, I may be giving up on a lot of resources and options that I have. Well, one of the advice I, I mean, I give parents that are younger than me advice. My kids are flown and grown. And you, everyone gives puts this fear of, you know, gosh knows what. Mm -hmm. And, oh my gosh, college, how are you going to pay for that for three kids? Right. Uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't a challenge, but there are ways to get it done. There are definitely you, ways. You, to you look, better. and if you're hungry enough and you look, I mean, it's, you know, yes, my ex-wife and I, we, you know, we pinched pennies and we right. struggled a little bit to do it. Um, but we were able to get three kids through college. That's uh, amazing. You know, two of them were out of here, out of Maryland, and one was um, out of American and out of D.C. Right. So 
you know, there are ways to do it. And certainly with the programs that MHEC has, mm-hmm. will allow you to do it. Now, you guys have your own separate application form for to get in, to tap into the resources that you have. Yeah, so we've just established the MHEC One app. So prior to uh, this upcoming 24-25 academic year, uh, before a student had to complete a FAFSA, and um, whether their program required it or if their program did not require a FAFSA, uh, they would complete a application for whatever specific program they wanted to apply for. Additionally, uh, students that were undocumented, that were not eligible to complete a FAFSA, were able to complete the MISFA, the Maryland State Financial Aid application. What we've done and been able to do, uh, which is just a great resource now to students, is have that all in one application, the MHEC One app. So with the MHEC One app, the student now can go on if they're an undocumented student, and they would fill out the section for undocumented students, as well as select what other programs they may be interested in, uh, answer some um, additional questions related to the programs, and then once the application is submitted, the system will let them know what programs they actually are eligible for and if they need to submit any documentation for those. And when you say additional programs, I mean, that's like, I, I know that MHEC has different monies available for nursing sure. or something like that. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Or? I mean, we have uh, cybersecurity. We have a teaching fellowship. Uh, we have a police officer scholarship. We have over 27 different scholarships uh, that we you know, service to Maryland residents. So it's not just a individual who is in school about to graduate. It's an individual who has been in school for a while. It's an individual that's going for their master's. Uh, it's an individual that is a police officer has been working and wants to come back to school. So, so many different scholarships. Now one application that you can see all the different ones, get information about them and check and say, hey, I want to apply for this one and see if I'm eligible for it to receive it. Okay, you mentioned Pell Grant. And you, now you just mentioned scholarships. What is the difference between a scholarship and a grant? It's not really that much of a difference. It, it really come, comes from the source. Usually, um, if it's from a government agency, such as the federal government or the state, uh, they have grants because it's okay. coming through to an individual. Scholarship can come from the state, but it also comes from uh, private entities, different organizations. But both of them are money that's free money. You do not have to pay it back. Um, scholarships can tend to be need-based or merit-based uh, from, you know, individual achieving GPA or something like that. Grants tend to be all need-based when it comes okay. to Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Now, as far as money goes, I mean, does MHEC actually loan money too? So MHEC there... does have what we call um, service-based scholarships. It's not so much loaning money, but it's more so saying, I'm going to give you this money for your services. So a teaching fellow. Sort of like the Naval Academy. <laughs> yes, there you go, right? The teaching fellows is one of them um, where it pays up to full tuition and fees and room and board. Uh, individuals go and they become a teacher. Once they become a teacher, what Maryland looks for them to do is serve as a teacher in Maryland in an underserved area or underserved focus. Uh, and as long as that individual does the two years or three years, depending on how many times they got the scholarship, and that individual has completed their service. So if you really think about it this way, I got a scholarship to go to school and get this degree. I got a job that I was going to get anyway. And all that did was pay off that scholarship, you know, where it's not. That's awesome. 
Now, I know that the money, the pot of money, and I'm still convinced that up on the 10th floor there is a drawer someplace <laughs> filled with it. I just haven't found it yet, but I'm working on it. In that 130 to $150 million, does that, I mean, that's replenished annually, right? Yes, it is replenished annually. So the state gives us an allocation on an annual basis um, and basically um, determines what money should go to what type of scholarship. So that 130 million is actually more than 130 million because as the state creates a new program or sometimes they see a stronger need, they may increase one of the scholarships. Uh, alone, our uh, Howard P. Rawlings program, which uh, houses the Guaranteed Access Grant and the Educational Assistance Grant is 112 million. Uh, so alone, that's 112 million that students can receive in those wow. two type of grants. You know, it almost seems like there's no reason to allow money to be the, the sole blockage right. of getting into higher education if that's the, the track that you want to go on. Right. And it's funny, you said you're talking about funding different grants and different programs. I know uh, Anne Arundel Community College, mm -hmm. you know, way back when, when the big bad casinos were coming into right. town, they said that we need, a, we need a program to develop a workforce for the casinos. Yes. Yeah. And I know that they're still working on something like that now with uh, legalized marijuana. Uh, they're looking to see if, you know, because there's all sorts of different things that, that right. go in with that. It's not just, I mean, it's way different than the guy that was right. selling it right. on, right. on the street. And, and, and that's the beautiful thing because we have our workforce shortest scholarships. Our workforce shortest scholarship goes through the community colleges. It's basically to individuals that are looking for a certification, some type of license, um, even a... Um, mentorship uh, that individuals go through um, in which uh, they're taking one or two classes um, through the community college and they can receive funds for taking those classes. Even internships, um, they have them for those as well. So the workforce shortage is a big one because Maryland is really pushing uh, to give all their residents opportunities to succeed. Well, there are plenty of opportunities, and I know that, you know, for the longest time, especially in my generation when I was growing up, it was must go to college, must go to college, get mm -hmm. the four-year degree, and, and you push that, and it was that's the only way you're going to make money. Right. And now it's just not it's just not true. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and as we learn, I've talked to several different educators. Mm -hmm. People learn differently. Mm -hmm. And I mean, college, you know, hey, is not for everybody necessarily. Right. right. Um, but again, if you're looking to go into a trade or something like that, or maybe it's a certificate program or something like that, MHEC can step in, get, has a little little toe in that pool yeah, too. We have our workforce shortage, as I mentioned. We also have our Promise Scholarship. Our Promise Scholarship has a credit-based side and a non-credit-based side. So individuals that are going, again, for a licensure or some type of certification, they can get the Promise non-credit uh, that will help pay towards that as well. And I know during COVID, I know COVID interrupted an awful lot of educations, mm -hmm. um, whether that be uh, I'm freaked out and I don't want to go to school and, mm -hmm. and deal with that, or I don't have the money because I got, I'm not working or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, and you were having the, the near completer. Yes. Is that still around? The near completer program is still around. It is ending this year unless legislation changes, something like that. Uh, but it is still around where an individual that has sat out for at least one semester and wants to go back to school can still receive funds. So we are actually still taking applications for even this spring 2024 semester. Okay. Well, what? Okay. So applications, when do they do? I know FAFSA has pushed back their application, I believe, to June. Am I right? So FAFSA so much didn't push back their application. 
they pushed back when the application was available. So before the application used to be available October 1st each year. Because of the change in the FAFSA with the FAFSA simplification process, they pushed it back to opening up this past January or December 31st. Now what we've done over with Maryland and MHEC is because our deadline used to be March 1st, but we know that the FAFSA only opened up this past end of December, we've pushed back our deadline application till June 1st. So we still have a priority deadline where we want students to do the FAFSA as early as possible. We want students to get their FAFSA in by March 1st, as many as they can, so that when we do our first initial round of awarding, we can award as many students. But we're extending until June 1st. So even if a student can't do the FAFSA right now and gets it done May 1st, that student could potentially still be eligible for either the Guaranteed Access Grant or the Educational Assistance. Okay, so we do need FAFSA and we do need the Maryland application. Yes. We need them yes. separately. They're not a, a, there's not a common app for the two. No, no. So the, the FAFSA, any student that completes the FAFSA will automatically be reviewed to be determined if they're eligible for the either the Guaranteed Access Grant or the Educational Assistance Grant. It's any Maryland resident that does a FAFSA. But for the Maryland residents that can't do a FAFSA for those undocumented students, those students will need to go onto our website, um, sign into MD Caps, so create an account and sign into our MD Caps. And then once they sign in, create an account to our MD Caps, they can complete the MHEC One app. And that MHEC One app is what they would utilize for us to determine if they're eligible okay. for the Guaranteed Access Grant or Educational Assistance Grant. Okay, and for those that are listening, you want to go to mhec.maryland.gov. That's the website, yes. and it's mhec.maryland.gov. Yes. How does this money flow? I mean, we talked about you being the, the man who, <laughs> who lets it flow. Is it like a grocery store where it's first in, first out? Um, I mean, is some, it critical that I apply early? Yes. Okay. Right? So, you know, as we said, money's limited. And we want to get that money out as much as possible. So the earlier somebody applies, especially for some of our other programs that have less money than the Guaranteed Access Grant and the Educational Assistance Grant. You want to get that application in so we have funds available to pay those out to those students. The money flows very easily. Uh, once a student is determined eligible, uh, that school that the in student is going to actually gets a certification list. They certify that the student is actually attending the institution. Uh, let us know that the award amount is correct. Once they certify the student, they request payment. Once they request payment, we send them the funds, and those funds go towards paying their bill. So much simpler than when I went to school. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. So far than when I went to school. That's for sure. Well, we, talk, we talked about the funds, and you've got the ability to work with you know community colleges, and obviously any of the state-run four-year colleges. Mm -hmm. What about private colleges in Maryland? Does oh, definitely. Our private institutions as well as our proprietary institutions as well, which is a little bit different, of course, when you look at your hair schools and everything like that. So we have a Tolbert scholarship for students who attend any of our proprietary um, institutions that they can receive funds for that. Most of our private institutions are eligible for all of our, or most of our programs. Some programs, they do have to um, identify that they want to participate uh, because some programs are a matching type of program. Okay. Um, but for the most part, all of our private institutions are participating in our programs and they really assist students. And I am assuming that out of state um, universities and 
institutions are not eligible for any of this? It depends. So there's two programs mainly that a a student can take funds to an out-of-state institution. Those are legislative scholarships, senatorial delegate scholarships. However, um, in order for a student to be eligible to take those funds out of state, they have to be in a program that is not offered in Maryland. Okay, so that's even with the legislative and the uh, senatorial scholarships, it has to be a non-Maryland offered program? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. And I, I will say, for again, for those that are listening, that is, I don't know whether it's the best kept secret, but it is a very easy, uh, it can vary, but talk to your delegates. Yes. Talk yes. to your senators because they give them, uh, I'll call it walking around money, but they give them some free money just to give away. Yes. Yes, it is very easy to apply. I mean, on our website, as you said, um, mhec.maryland.gov, uh, we have our delegate and senatorial scholarship both listed. Uh, we actually have on there a link that individuals can go see uh, based on where their district is and who is the delegate or senator for their district. Makes sense. And then they can reach out to them and they reach out to them if they award them. Uh, then they have received those funds. There are ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. and. MHEC is certainly here to do it. The key thing, and I know it was a problem in the past, or not really a problem, but a lot of people missed out on money Mm -hmm. um, because they didn't respond. And if I'm going to offer you $100, which I'm not, that's because you're a state employee. and (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you're going to have to say, yes, I'll take that. Right. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to sit here on the table and no, you know, that's something that is very important when dealing with MHEC is that you've got to actually say, yes, I, I want this. Yes, and, and, and that's the key. Uh, I mean, a lot of individuals that do a FAFSA may not create an MDCAPS account. Um, some people said they didn't know who MHEC was. So definitely us being able to uh, publicize who we are, get our name out there more, has uh, helps people understand who we are. We're that state agency that helps give you money for school. But then the next piece is really to go and create that MDCAPS account. Uh, understand who MEC is and that additional funds because this is a resource for schools. Okay, what does CAPS stand for? So CAPS is Central Aid Processing System. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the whole money aspect of MEC. Yes, yes. That, we, that's our system to kind of help us communicate with students, help us communicate with the schools, bring the FAFSAs in, do the processes, almost like a banking system. Okay. What are our key deadlines? What do we need to know? Right uh, now, right? Do it right, now. Right now is first <laughs> deadline. Uh, but definitely June 1st. Have it done by June 1st. Not after, <laughs> but June 1st. Uh, earliest, do it now. Have it done by March 1st. We'll send out our first notifications by April 15th. Uh, to individuals, letting them know if they've been eligible for the award, if they need to submit any documents, anything like that. Uh, So those are the biggest three dates uh, that individuals really need to know. And that's the MHEC One app that's done through the MDCAPS program when you get on to mhec.maryland.gov. Boy, that sounds a lot more confusing than it really (laughs) is. And it is a big button up there. I've been on the website, so you want to go to mhec.maryland.gov. And you've got a button right up there to be able to sign into the um, oh yes, yes so yes. Uh, to get it. But again, a lot of money here. I mean, as we get into the spring months here, people are looking at what colleges they're going to go to if they're going to go to college. How mm-hmm. you know, you're having those discussions over the coffee table, over the dinner table right. at home. How are we going to afford this? 
you know, MHEC is not here to fully fund your education, but boy, it certainly takes a big ding out of it. If uh, oh yeah, yeah, and and again, it's it's really the choice that an individual makes, right? We say MHEC's not here to fully fund, but for individuals that go to a community college, it may it may fully fund with no problems. It's more so, you know, when you get into the aspect of okay, I'm I'm going to school and I'm going to live on campus or I'm going to go to this private institution that costs more. You have to really understand your choices and what resources connect with your choices. True. One last thing, I, I just was thinking about this. Does this work? I mean, we talked about in-school and out-of-state. Out Does this work with uh, graduate programs as well? Yes. Yeah, so we do have um, what we call some decentralized programs. Uh, so some of our decentralized program, like the uh, graduate and professional grant, um, goes to we give the institutions a certain amount of money and they can award their grad students money uh, for going there. We have a uh, decentralized program for part-time students as well. And then some of our other programs like the teaching fellows, you can be a grad student. For the police officer scholarship, you can be a grad student. So some of our programs include uh, graduate programs as well. Department of Human Services is coming out with a scholarship this year for individuals that are interested in working with Department of Human Services. Individuals will get a job and receive scholarship funds at the same point of time. So Maryland is just coming out with a array of different scholarships to really truly service um, their residents. Well, I do know that Governor Moore has a very strong focus on on education, and that's not to say that the any prior governors didn't. He is just such, I know, a very firm believer mm-hmm. in uh, what Maryland uh, can be yes. um, with the right assets and the right pushes and everything else, and we, we see that in any number of ways uh, that the governor has moved on there. Al Dorset, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your money. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ionanapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.